Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Welcome everyone in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We are continuing our series called Heroes of the Desert. And we should take pride in, especially us Coptic people, and that these heroes are not just heroes to us because we're in the Coptic church, but all over the world, anyone who knows um, the lives and the teachings of these great saints and, and, and everything, their impact on the church, everybody honors them, and you are their sons and daughters. You should find great pride. And there's so much that we can learn from these great saints that lived in the desert. We started this series talking about St. Macarius, um, St. Macarius the Great. He's a wonderful, wonderful father who had so many virtues, who was a father of many monks. Last week, Abuna Elijah inspired us by a lot of, um, inspired by the life of St. Anthony. St. Anthony is the father of all monks. His feast was this last week. We should never miss these feasts. These feasts are like your, your, your favorite grandpa's like you know birthday or, or whatever. So you can't like miss out on these because they're so special and their work has impacted who you are today. And you're saying, I don't know anything about the guy. But the church that they created and the spirit that they passed down to every generation was so powerful that it was able to reach you here in 2024. So it's not just because he was a, a holy man and he lived in a cave and he was, you know, angels loved him. No. It was what they preserved for our church to pass it down to generations all the way down to today. So today we're going to speak about the life of Abba Bachomius. I would imagine very few of you know his story. You might know one unique thing about him is that he's Abba Bachom. We say it in the, in the commemoration of saints. Bachom of the Kononia. Kononia means fellowship. And so we're going to explain what that means and why he... Um, established all of those. As a child, so Bohemius was the ch child of pagan parents. They used to worship idols. They used to worship uh, crocodiles and alligators. Like, you know, Egypt, a lot of the even like ancient Egyptian gods are images of crocodiles. The Nile used to be full of crocodiles and alligators. And so they used to fear them. One of the stories, um, I'm going to tell a bunch of stories today. I'm going to tell a bunch of stories today. Um, as a child, they took him one day to, to the river to sacrifice to alligators that were in the waters. And when those creatures raised their eyes in the water, they saw the boy, they took fright, and they left. And so the parents, thinking like, oh my God, our gods just ran away from us. The boy has caused this. Maybe the gods are angry at him. And so they were very, very disappointed at him. They yelled at him. They figured, what are you doing wrong that you've chased and you've become the enemy of the gods? So he sighed. He went away. One time they brought him to the temple and they had him drink the wine that was offered to as a sacrifice to the gods. He drank it and he vomited it completely. And so they said, uh-oh, the gods hate our son. This is a big problem. Imagine, imagine that God is against your child. Like, how, how would you feel that God is working against you? So he vomited it and they said, oh no. So one time, uh, he was on the road and the devil 
attacked him with a crowd of demons in the form of dogs and they were trying to kill him. And the boy raised his eyes to heaven and wept. It says, and then and once they scattered, right away the devil assumed the form of an old man and told him, if you're bothered by what's happening, it's because you're disobedient to your parents because you're not worshiping the gods with, with reverence. And so as soon as he saw the demon, like Abu Elijah told us, apparently this was a common, he like blew at them. He went Pff. And he poofed them away, and all the demons scattered. He wasn't even a Christian at this time. I want you to understand this. So one day, he was coming to deliver meat to the laborers that were working, and he had to sleep in that place because it was so late. And so when he was staying there, the owner of the place that he was sleeping in had two very beautiful daughters. And one of them grabbed Bohomius. He's not a Christian. They grabbed Bohomius and said, please sleep with me now. He says this, he was horrified. He hated that considering it an impurity and a wicked sin before God and men. He said to her, let me not commit that impure act. Have I a dog's eyes that I should go and sleep with my sister? You say, okay, nice story. But there's something in the purity of man that when God creates man, within us, within the image of God within us, we are supposed to know what is pure and what is not pure? How much we who are the people of God, whom the Holy Spirit lives in us and speaks to us, and we know the word of God. A young boy who does not have the Holy Spirit in him says, have I a dog's eyes that I should go and sleep with my sister? And God had delivered him from his hands. So then later on, St. Bachomius, when he was telling in the desert, when he was telling these stories to the monks, he says, don't think that the demons uh, did this or I did this because I knew that God was going to have mercy on me later and make me a, a, a monk of the desert. He said, no. He said something beautiful. He says, for God made man upright. God made man upright. A lot of these times we have excuses of why I can't live pure, why I can't live a holy life. And you who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, are able to do far more than a young boy who is a pagan worshiper at the time is able to fight against temptation. He says, for God made man upright. The way he came to the faith is one time, King Constantine had gathered a bunch of young men to fight in his armies and, and uh, to fight against the other countries that were not uh, submitting to the empire of King Constantine, who was a Christian king. So one time they gathered a lot of young men. One of them was Bohomius. And they took Bohomius, put him in his, in his uh, army, and sent them out to, to go fight in wars. And as they slept in prisons, there was going to be wars, and there was going to be massive bloodshed. A group of Christians came, and they served him in the prison. They washed their feet, brought them food. And he says, he was humbled by the great like love that was in the people of God. He says, what is this that they're coming to serve soldiers that are going to come and turn the place into a big bloodbath? He says, they came. And so it was then that he could see Christ in his people. And he decided he wanted to be baptized. He went, and then within three years, he went and became a monk of the desert. We're going to get into like the, 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 the very cool stories. Something beautiful about that is that the Christians themselves, when they were serving these soldiers in the prisons, bringing them food, washing their feet, we have a verse in Hebrews 13 too that says, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. 
You see, I don't think these Christians realized one day that one of these people in the prison is going to be the great Saint Abba Bachomius. That the person that you are serving, us as Christians, we need this character. This character of loving everyone, of washing the feet of anyone, of serving anybody in need, anybody who's hungry, I feed him. I don't ask, I wonder what he's going to do with the money that I give him. Or I wonder if they're going to, you know, they hate Christians, so we're not going to serve them or help them. One of our mission trips, we went and we, uh, we collected funds and we were going to go and, and help the poor in Egypt and we were serving Christians and Muslims. And somebody came and said, Abuna, do you think the people in the church want their money to go and serve Muslims? I said, if they're Christian, they do. And he said, no, be careful, Abuna. I said, if they're Christian, they do. This is how we shine our light. That we're never going to go and preach the gospel in the streets of Egypt. But we will show them the light of Christ through entertaining strangers. Through serving them, knowing that we could be what? Serving angels. So he drew, went to the desert. He lived in submission to Abba Balamon. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him and commanded him to establish rules for the monasteries. And, and the, I'm not going to get into the rules because those are maybe not as relevant to you. But he had like all of the, it's called the, the, the communal life of the monastic, called the Bahomian rule of how monks sh should pray, the way they share food, the way they live with each other in harmony, like their order of life. And he has books, books on these rules for monks. I'm not going to get into those, but I want you to see how much this desert hero lived a holy life and to teach you the secrets of the spiritual life. Okay? The story of Abba Balamon, who discipled Amba Bachomius. So Amba Bachomius went into the desert, and one day they were sitting by the side of a, of a, of a fire, and a young brother in a nearby cell came to Abba Bachomius and Abba Balamon, the senior father, and said, Hello, fathers. He says, You guys claim to have, you pride yourselves on having a great way of life before God. So now, whichever you has faith, let him stand on these glowing hot coals and recite the gospel prayer. And the elder father said, This is a demon. He told Abba Bachomius, Don't listen to him. And he was extremely angry. Well, the devil gave the power to this brother to walk on hot coals without feeling anything. And he did it like in, and while reading the gospel prayer. And Abba Bachomius was like blown away. Look at the power of this great father. Abba Balamon, the senior father, was so angry at this that he began to rebuke him and sent him away. He says, Abba Balamon told Amba Bukhomi, he says, I wish you would know the end of this monk. Finally, the, this monk went away and he, he went and he found, he was sitting in his cell, the, the brother that, that walked on coals. He was sitting in his cell and a woman came to him saying, uh, Father, I'm in debt and my creditors are coming after me. I have no food. Please take me into your cell. And because he is filled with pride and he has no awareness, he brought in this woman into his cell until he invited this demon into his cell because it was, it was a demon in the shape of a woman. And he began to fall in evil desires and ended up sinning with her until that night the demons tortured him and tormented him. 
And he came running back to Abba Balamun saying, forgive me, I was so foolish, I was so proud. He says, what you were doing is wickedness. You have no discernment. You're not following the ways of your elders. You're not following the ways of scriptures. Anyways, he still didn't really make any changes. The demons had made him so crazy that eventually, it says, while they were praying together, the demon once again knocked him down and tormented him some more. They stood over him and tears prayed to the Lord for him until he recovered and was on his feet before them. But as they were taking hold of him to put him in a solitary place until the Lord should be pleased to heal him of that unclean spirit by the strength of the demon dwelling in him snatched up a big log to kill the two of them. They were unable to get hold of him and straight away he ran northward over the mountain until he entered a place threw himself of his own accord into the open furnace of the bathhouse house and was miserably burnt to death. This is a monk who prays, who the devil is giving him power to do wonders. Often, the devil is going to do things to entice anyone. The devil has power to do all kinds of wicked, lying wonders. Look at Second Thessalonians 2. It says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. This person in his pride, even though he was doing something spiritual, praying the gospel, Devil gave him the ability to walk on coals. Believe it or not, the devil can allow you or push you to do good in order that you would think you're going in the righteous path. You might have a certain sin in your life that you are justifying, that you're allowing to stay there. You're ignoring it. And the devil says, I want you to go and take $5,000 out of your bank account and go feed the poor. You say, you say like, I'm feeding the poor the poor are encouraged, they're, they're humbled by my great work, even though I have a sin in my life that I'm justifying. It is so important to understand the tricks of the demons. The demons can do any wonder. In this story, he appeared in the form of a woman. That it was, it was known that, number one, a monk would never interact with a woman or allow her even into his cell. I want you to think about maybe not the woman, but I want you to think about what are the different things that you're letting into your cell? What are the different things, the little gray areas that you're letting into your cell, into your heart, into your life, into your home, that is going to be the source of your destruction? You say, I want to, like, this is a big deal. Like, he, like he, 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 he sinned with a demon. We're not doing that. Okay. I want you to understand the sensitivity of the holy men of God. Let's listen to St. Bachomius and what he did. As St. Bachomius came, monks started to come and follow him, and gather around him. And so the, the place where they were living was too small. So his brother John came to live with Abba Bachomius and they went to go build and expand the monastery. So they started building and Abba Bachomius said, we need to expand so that these more people can have a place to live. And his brother John, it's his older brother, said, we don't want any more people. Let's just let it be me and you. And so Abba Bakhomius said one word. He says, don't be foolish. That was it. Don't be foolish. Basically, stop being stupid. 
telling his brother, that's how he would say to his brother, if you and I were to do it today, you tell your brother, stop being stupid. The brother got angry, Abba John, or John got angry, and ran away from him, stopped working, was so upset. Listen to the reaction of Abba Bechomius when he saw that his brother got angry. He told him, forgive me, for I, have got, for I got angry with you. Toward evening, Bechomius went down to an underground place and prayed from evening until morning, and he said, why did he pray from evening until morning? Not just because he's a cartoon character in the Desert Father stories, no. Why did he pray from evening until morning? Because he upset his brother. And he said this. Pay attention to what was said. It says, Alas for me, for the mind of the flesh is in me. I'm going to die. Indeed, as it is written in the book of Romans, it says, The carnal mind is death. When you think of a carnal mind, do you guys know what carnal means? Like fleshly mind. When you and I think of a fleshly mind, we think of gluttony, we think of lust, we think of... No, a fleshly mind is angering your brother. Listen to what he says. He said, now I'm going to die because the carnal mind is death. That's what the Bible tells us. And he believed it. So this is what he did. Indeed, as it is written, the carnal mind is death, whether I put to the test unjustly or for some good reason. He says, if I'm tested... For, for a bad reason or a good reason, have mercy on me, Lord, lest I become lost. If the enemy finds little by little a place for himself within me, he will overcome me in the end. Do you guys understand the seriousness of his faith? Do you understand all he told his brother was, stop being stupid? And that was it. He decided. He angered his brother. He spent all night praying saying, I had a carnal thought and that's going to bring death to me. And if I don't overcome this, I've gathered it inside of me and I am going to be destroyed. He says, if the enemy finds little by little a place for himself within me, he will overcome me in the end. I want to ask you today, how sensitive are you to the small words that we say that maybe are not the most godly? St. Bechomius said, whether I have good reason or bad reason, it's not just, you know, he had bad reason, even if I have good reason, and I respond in a way like this, how sensitive to you are you that your mind has carnal thinking in it, selfish thinking, fleshly thinking in it? Does it make you sensitive? You say, Abuna, it's 2024. We're not in the desert. I'm not in Bechomius. Leave me alone. But I want you to understand why they were able to reach. Because they guarded everything that they brought into the heart. How many of you have a word that you tell your siblings or your friends? You can say, stop being an idiot. Or as simple as, shut up or whatever. Or we say words that we... And you're like, Abuna, this is not third grade Sunday school. Okay, Talk to us like we're adults. This holy man prayed all night that one thought came in, and this is what he said. How indeed will I teach those who will come to this life with me if I do not begin by overcoming carnal thoughts? He kept praying like this evening till morning. Then he came out from that place. He called his brother, and they made the prayer together. How about our husbands and wives together? The cheap shot comment that I made to my wife or my husband. 
stick one to them because they didn't do the laundry or they slept in while you had to make sandwiches for the kids or you had to mow, you know, take out the trash and nobody helped. You guys know these little cheap shots that we give in our, in our homes? Those are carnal thoughts. If you let them in, they become part of your home. Do you want it to be a part of your home? They made peace. He prayed all night that God would remove it. Look at his sensitivity to his repentance that God would remove just the angry thought from his brother. Another story. Abba Bachomius, he became sick one time. And so they prepared for him a bit of very good broth. He used to never eat. He would eat like vegetables. And one time somebody brought oil to put on. He says, no, no, we don't have any oil. You just put the vegetables on the plate from the dirt. You wash them a little bit and you put them in your mouth. That's it. So they brought oil one time. And so they brought him broth because they wanted to give him like sustenance. So when he saw it, he said to Theodore, his disciple, bring me a jug of water. When it was brought to him, he poured some water into the broth, which he stirred with his hand until the oil that was in it was emptied out. So you know what he did? He had like a soup. He watered it down so much that there was like no broth, right? There's no sense of broth. And you're saying, these people are crazy. Who lives like that? I want to ask you guys, why is he doing that? Why is he so strict? By the way, it's not like I know like right now you think it's like, like a monastery and there's a system and there's an abbot and there's like a bell and there's a church. This is just a bunch of guys living together, wearing black galabeas. There was no formal monastic movement at the time. There's living together and he's deciding, he's gonna, why is he doing that? He doesn't want to give his flesh any comfort knowing that you give your flesh a little bit of comfort, it's going to get addicted to it. It's going to love it. Good tasting food, whatever. How do you feel when you know that a fast is coming up in a couple days? You're going to get 55 days of money's worth of, of Atari food before Lent comes because what? I got to make sure that my body gets whatever it wants since it's going to be cut off very soon. It's a mindset. And so if you allow the pleasure of the flesh, the addiction to pleasure of food leads to the addiction to pleasure of lust. Like it's a love of pleasure. So if I love chocolate, women, we have chocolate, they come out very soon. <laughs> Just a little plug for that. If you love chocolate, okay, it's very, very important to know that, ah, I love sugar and I love pleasure. It makes me feel good. Emotional eating. Anybody know any emotional eaters in here? Nobody looked at your wives, okay? Like we, we emotional eaters. So he's, he waters down his broth and then he says this, it's amazing. Then he said to Theodore, his disciple, pour water on my hands so I may wash them. He washed his hands. Then cast water on Theodore's feet. So Pachomius told him, put some water on my hands. And then, so he did. And then Abba Pachomius put water on the feet of Theodore. Theodore's like, what are you doing? He said, after that, Theodore questioned him. What have you done, my father? Our father Pachomius answered, by pouring some water on the dish of vegetables, I did away with the sweetness of taste, lest it call forth in me fleshly desire. I want to ask you something. Anybody struggle with any fleshly desires in here? Anybody with, with, with a human body, okay, dealing maybe with the potential of some type of fleshly desire, whether it be food or sexual lust or whatever it may be? Bechomius said, I'm not going to be like that. I don't want 
anything to spark in me fleshly desire. Because what is it going to do? It's going to create a monster in me. Anybody ever identify that monster in themselves? The things in you that you hate? Even St. Paul says, the things that I hate are the things that I do. And the things that I do not want to do are the things that I practice. For it is the sin that is living in me. St. Paul is saying, I have this war. I'm doing things that I hate. You know why? Anytime we introduce fleshly pleasure, know it's risk. Which is why even when we eat, we eat in moderation. Okay, you want to have some dessert? You don't need a dessert buffet, right? Just, just a little bit of dessert. You're just feeding a line inside of you that will never be satisfied. So that's why he watered down the broth. Then he says, you poured water on my hands as if you were washing them for me. And because you washed my hands, I in turn washed your feet. All this I did so that I might not be condemned for being served by you when it is I who must be the servant of all. Could you imagine? Theodore washed Bachomius' hands. And so Bachomius said, I can't have Theodore wash my hands. I'm the servant of all. And so he said, I need to find an excuse to wash his feet. He didn't say, finally, you do something for me today, like we do maybe in our homes. Finally, I get a cup of tea. Finally, you, you know, scratch my back or you, you know, bring, make me my favorite meal. Whatever it is that you're, you're expecting, this mindset was even when he's sick, I need to be the servant of all. You're saying, Abuna, we're not like this. But imagine what our homes would look like if they were. If we took these lessons and brought them into the city, not the desert, where we live, we say, I don't want to give my flesh any desire at once. I don't want to feel like anyone serves me. I don't want to take away the mindset that I am the slave of all. Unbelievable. Here he is, the elder monk. You know, he had nine male monasteries and two female monasteries. He had thousands of monks under him. He was like the great Abba of that time. And here he's saying, I never want for once to think that I am anything. I'm the servant of all. I remember when I was ordained, uh, one of the bishops was with me in my 40 days. He sat with me in the monastery. He says, Abuna, I want you to remember, you are not the king. You are now the servant of the king of, of the children of the king of kings. You wash their feet. You're not the priest. You're the priest. Go and you wash their feet. And I remember this mentality of saying, this has to be the heart, not just of myself, but of all of us as we take on, because Christ was the servant of all, right? Didn't Christ describe himself as the servant of all? So shouldn't you be the servant of all as well? Or is that only for Jesus? For God, 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 God was the servant of all. God, I'm talking about God himself, like the creator of heaven and earth, God, served all. What about the... <laughs> right? Like, what about this, this mentality of like, I am, I'm nothing. I'm only dust. Let's look at some of the temptations that Abba Bachomius went under. The demons used to attack him openly during his prayer. One time, as he went down, it says they made a pit in front of him to frighten him into praying no longer to the Lord. But understanding the wiles of the temper of the tempter, he would kneel with faith and would bless God, thus giving thanks to Christ and patting the demons to shame. So he would be ready to, 
to pray. He'd be about to get on his knees, and all of a sudden, a huge pit would just open in front of him. Like, anybody freaked out just by hearing the story? I want you to imagine you see that. You say, what is this? How many of you, devil just throws the smallest thing at you, and you I'm not praying. I'm not praying. Somebody was telling me that they're making a decision to go deeper in their spiritual life, and the smallest thing happened, they was like snow, and they slid, and they kind of lost control of the car, and they're like, ah, we're not doing that anymore. Like, if this is what it's going to be like, where devil's going to fight us, we're out. You're like, it's snowing outside. You're driving, it's snow, it's going to, it might have some risk. The smallest things make us feel, okay, I'm not going to pray. One time, a pit. Next thing. Other times when he would be setting out to go about one of his tasks, they would march in front of him in double file like soldiers, marching before commanders while saying to each other, make way for the man of God. So imagine he's walking in the desert, about to do something, and all of a sudden he sees an army of soldiers spreading the way. They say, make way for the man of God. Okay, somebody tell me, if you were Abba Bachomius and that happened to you, it's about somebody knows about time somebody knows my value here, okay? It's about time somebody's figured out my holiness. This is what he did. They did this with the intention of tricking him to look at them, but the man of God, through his hope in God, would not look at them, but instead would mock them as powerless creatures, and at once they would vanish from his face. Other times they would shake his cell to make him afraid that it would collapse on him. Right? These are like little mud cells. So he's praying in there. He's doing his thing, and all of a sudden, hero, like an earthquake comes, okay? And all of a sudden, dirt from the cell is starting to shake. The assumption is what? This thing's going to collapse. Voila, nothing. How do you get that strength? So, you're saying, this is Abu Bukhomius, I don't live in a cell. The devil's not shaking when I pray. The devil is shaking when you pray. He's distracting you. Mom, as soon as you want to go pray, what do you hear? Mommy! <laughs> Right, you hear from one of your kids, Mom, I need you, or you, you decide I'm gonna repent or whatever. Oh, somebody, can you come help me do this errand? And you're like, sure, I'll, I'll just confess next week. The devil does so many tricks to stop you from excelling in your walk. Abba Bachomius wasn't ignorant of them, he knew I'm not gonna give in. Imagine his cell is shaking, nothing happened. Listen to this. Another day when he sat down to work, one demon took the form of a cock and crowed in his face. I hate birds, okay? So if, if that happened, I, I potentially might leave the faith. Like, right? if, if, there, if, there was, if there was a cock that crowed in my face as I was praying, I'm out, okay? Listen to this. Yes. He did not look at it and was not moved a bit. He shut his eyes, did not look at it when the evildoers realized that they were powerless. When they form, the form that they took did not look were to, to deceive him. Another time, they made a tree and people were dragging like this tree and, and stones and they were like pulling it and they were making all these noises so that they could, like he saw this vision of people like struggling to move these rocks and these trees and they're laughing to get him to laugh, to lose his seriousness. Think about the times where the devil is feeding you to keep joking because everybody's laughing at you. You said a joke, everybody loved it. Keep it coming, right? Let everybody see how funny you are and you start to work a crowd and everybody's following you. You know what he's doing? He's leading you into the sin of the tongue. He's leading you into vainglory. He's leading you into idle chatter. He's leading you because when you, in the multitude of words, sin does not cease, right? Another time, he would appear to him 
as he was eating bread, they would come to him in the form of naked women and sit down to eat with him. Poor guy is sitting in the desert, eating his bread, probably saying his prayers, and all of a sudden, he's like in a bikini contest. Like, what, what, what is going on? Can you imagine the war that he was facing? The devil does not want you to win. The devil does not want you to win. He's going to fight and to fight and to fight. If you are not standing watch, knowing the tricks of the enemy. I was talking about it today in Second Liturgy. Devil is poking the wife and poking the husband and poking the kids and trying to make you crazy, trying to make you lose your faith. I'm not ignorant of the devices of Satan. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Fleeing from vainglory. So Abba Bahamus had a thousand monks. They would have to go into the city to attend liturgy. So they came and said, well, let's, let's ordain one of these monks. You have a thousand monks. Make one of them a priest to pray a liturgy here. Abba Bahamus refused. He says, it is better to not seek after for such a thing in our kanonia or our fellowship, lest this should be an occasion for strife, envy, jealousy, and even schisms to arise in a large number of monks, contrary to God's will. So imagine the inconvenience of all these monks having to walk through the village and go to a place where there are men and women and whatever, and it was... He didn't want the, the, the monks to struggle, but he, the, he was fearful that a person would be a priest in their midst. I'm the priest now. I want you to think about the things that we do even among our friends. The competition and the envy that we create among, oh yeah, we took a Disney cruise last summer, and where did you guys take a vacation? Like, like all, all of a sudden we start doing these things to try to create strife. You don't realize. It's not a big deal. Abuna, we all take vacations. But like... Even the things that you talk about or placing yourself as high among one person or chasing after position because you want this, he says, I want you to know this is going to be the beginning of, of strife. In the same way as a spark cast into the threshing floor, unless it is quickly quenched, will destroy a whole year's labor. So it is with a thought of grandeur at its outset. It says one thought of like a puffed up thought that I am the leader, the priest, the boss, whatever it is, one thought can ruin a year's worth of labor. So he says, no priests. Abba Athanasius, Saint Athanasius, came all the way to Luxor. He left Alexandria to come to Luxor on his private jet. Okay? I want you to imagine the journey they had to take to get to Luxor. On a donkey or walking, whatever he had to do. He, he gets there. And he asked for Abba Bachomius because he wants to ordain Abba Bachomius a priest. He found Abba Bachomius hiding for days and Abba Athanasius is waiting. He couldn't find him. He said, may it be granted to you that you would never receive this rank as you are fleeing from it. Fleeing from anything that's going to create vainglory. Vainglory is the most dangerous thing because it's creating a monster in you. Your pride is the same as Satan's. Pride is what Satan had. And the greatest archangel fell because of pride. Fleeing in any way. Abba Bachomius received one time the gift of tongues. Listen to this. So he, he was going around telling the monks, 
correcting their thoughts because they would process their thoughts with him. He would say, be careful, this is temptation, whatever. And a Roman man came and wanted to speak to Abba Bechomius. And Abba Bechomius um, couldn't com communicate in Greek. He only knew Coptic. And so they're trying. So he went and got a brother who, who knew Greek to come and speak to this Roman man who was like a very high position. And then the Roman man said, look, I don't want to expose my thoughts to this stranger. Like, we need to figure out some other solution. So Abba Bechomius says, okay, leave me for a minute. He goes out and prays for three hours. He says, Lord, for the sake of this person to come to your faith and to know you and to be enriched in knowledge and to be filled by re with repentance, I pray that you would make a way. And it says that he was given the gift of every tongue. He could speak every language in that moment. And he began to speak to him. He says, oh, Lord, Mighty one who sustains the universe, if I am not able to benefit the children of men whom you send unto me from the ends of the earth because I am not acquainted with their languages, what need is there for them to come? But if you wish them to be saved, hear through me, give me, O Lord, star of all creation, the power to know their languages so that I may be able to set their souls in the straight way. And when he had prayed for more than three hours and had entreated God to grant him this knowledge, suddenly there was sent from heaven into his right hand something which was like a letter written on paper. And when he had read it, he learned immediately how to speak all tongues. And he sent up praise to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He could speak all tongues. Amazing when somebody wants to do the work of God, how God will equip them. When you care for the salvation of others and you are laboring for the salvation, you say, but what can I do? I'm not good. God will equip you. But, did he go into his room and say, pray for five minutes? Imagine he says, Lord, help me. You've got to figure this out for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then he says, okay, it's not God's will. Ma'asalama, you got to get going. Three hours. When you pray for something from God, how much do you struggle in your prayers for it? Pray for healing. Pray for the restoration of a lost child. Pray for the brokenness maybe within your marriage. Pray for a wound, an emotional wound that you're suffering. How much do you pray? Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Okay, it's not the will of God. This is a great saint. He prayed for three hours. You say that's because he's a great saint. No, no. He prayed for three hours, which made him a great saint. Okay? We have to, we have to see this. The last story. It's too good. I don't want to miss any of the details, so I'm going to read it to you because it's fascinating. I'm going to clarify things because I want you to hear this story. It says, Ava Bochomius and the Phantom, or like a ghost. Okay? It came to pass once when Abba Bochomius and Theodore, his disciple, whom he loved, were walking through the monastery by night. They suddenly saw a great phantom which was full of the deepest deceit. Now that which appeared was in the form of a woman and its beauty was of so indescribable a character that no man was able to tell the beauty or the form or the appearance which belonged to that phantom. Like this is like one knockout woman appeared to these two monks, okay? And even Theodore, who looked at that... Theodore is an amazing saint. He's the disciple, an incredible saint. If you read his story, unbelievable. Listen to this. Even Theodore, who looked at that phantom was exceedingly perturbed and his face changed color. Like, this is like one challenge. And when the blessed man saw that he was afraid, he said unto him, Be of good cheer in the Lord, O Theodore, this is Abba and fear not. 
And the holy man, having said these things unto him, commanded him to pray with him that the phantom which was striking wonder into them might be driven away. And as they were praying, the phantom came nearer and nearer and took a solid form and went it and the company of devils ran, who which ran before it drew close for their prayer did not drive it back. It came forward and said to them, this is the ghost, why do you guys labor in vain? You are unable at this present to do anything whatsoever against me. For I have received authority from God who sustains the universe to tempt whoever I please. And I have abundance of time in which to do this. For this I have asked from God. First lesson. Devil is telling him, look, I've been given authority to tempt anybody I want. And I have all the time in the world. If it doesn't work today, it'll work tomorrow. If it doesn't work tomorrow, next month, month after, next year, two years, 10 years, 15 years. Listen to this. This is important for us to hear the tricks of the devil. Bachomius asked her saying, where are you from and why do you wish to tempt? Who do you wish to tempt? And the phantom answered and said, I am the daughter of the calumniator whose great power cannot be described and unto me the whole company of the devils is subject. There's a person with great power in hell. It was I who brought down the holy stars to the earth. It was I who snatched Judas from the apostolic power. The person that deceived, the demon that deceived Judas is the demon standing in front of Abba Bechomius. I have received authority to make war against you, O Bechomius, for I am not able to endure the reproach of the devils, and no man has made me as weak as you. You have made me to be trampled underfoot by youths, and by old men, and by young men, and you have gathered together against me a congregation such as you have, the monks, and have set for them a wall which shall never fall the fear of God, so that my ministers, the devil speaking, my, sir, my ministers are not able to approach with boldness and freedom unto any one of you. Do you see this life, this spiritual life, the sacraments and prayer and fasting and all of this thing and vigils all, and giving to the poor, what that does? It says you're weakening us beyond our ability. Listen to this. Then he says, And when the holy man Bahomius asked her, Have you come to tempt me alone according to what you are saying? She said unto him, I have come to tempt you and all those who are like you. Bahomius said unto her, So then you will tempt Theodore also? And she said, I have received authority over you and over Theodore, but I am never able to come near you. And when Bahomius had said unto her, Why? She said unto them, If I were to make war with you two, you would have an occasion for help and not for injury. He's saying, if I were to make war against you, you would have an opportunity where God is going to help you. And especially, would it be so in your case, O Bechomius, who with the eyes of your body, listen to what they said about Abba Bechomius, the eyes of your body are worthy to be a spectator of the glory of God. But you will not live forever for those for whom at present you make yourselves a wall through your prayers. So Abba Bechomius is making a wall around the monks with his prayers. He says, You've made a wall around them. Parents, friends. Do you know that you can build a wall around the people in your life? Do you know that you have the power to build a wall around them? Listen to this. And the time will come after your death. So the devil's telling Abba Bahomis, after your death when I shall have dominion over those whom you now protect against me, for you have made me to be trodden underfoot by this multitude of monks. Then Abba said unto her, 
How do you know that those who shall come after us will not serve the Lord more truly than we are? He's saying, basically, after you die, I'm going to mess up all these monks. And Abu Bukhumi says, how do you know that these people are going to be better, not be better than us? He says, I do know this. I know the future. And Abba, this is the devil said, I know the future. And Abba said unto her, you lie by your wicked head because you have no knowledge whatsoever beforehand the things which are going to take place. For unto God alone belongs foreknowledge. He's saying, only God knows the future. And he says, but I know. He says, well, how do you know? He says, I am able to judge of what will take place in the future. I judge by analogy. By the things which have already taken place, he's able to say, I've watched human, hum, humans so long that I know when a guy does this and then he does this, he's going to do this. And when a mom does this and then she does this, she's going to do this. I can tell you what you're going to do in the future without knowing the future. Do you guys see how like planned the devil is? He's watched humanity for 6,000 years. He knows when you get your coffee, what's going to happen next? He knows that last week you sat on this chair, the week before that you sat on this chair, this week you're back at this chair. He knows. Why? Not because he knows the future, but he's watching your behaviors. Crazy. Then Abba said unto her, How? I know that the beginning of every matter is in love and knowledge. And it receives confirmation from the things which are provided, and especially through the divine care and the calling of heaven. So he says, everything starts out with love and knowledge. And then little by little, it falls away from growth. It becomes old and becomes gray. And when growth has fallen away, it perishes through sickness, decays, and through neglect. You know what he's saying? Today you're on fire for Christ. You're praying. He says, that's how it's supposed to happen. But there's going to come a day where you try to stop growing. That's why we're telling you guys levels of these monks that are very high, that you strive for them. Otherwise, if you stop growing and you become a pro at the spiritual life, he's going to say, all right, now the neglect has begun. Let's start Adam. How much are you struggling? How much are you trying to grow? How much are you filling? How much are you adding to your experience with God? Afterward, Abba asked her, why have you come according as you say to tempt these great saints and not all the brethren? He's saying, why are you tempting the saints and not all the monks? If it is as you say, the destruction of souls rests with you to work and you surpass in power all the devils. He's saying, you have all the power of the devils. How come you're only fighting the saints and not everyone else? And the phantom answered and said unto him, I have already told you that when the strength of the sustainer of creation, Jesus, the Redeemer Christ, appeared upon the earth, we were brought so low that like a sparrow or a bird, we were mocked and laughed at by men, such as these who are clothed with the Spirit and who seek to learn the Lord. But although we have become weak through him, we do not cease to work as much as we possibly can against you. And we never cease from opposing you by every means in our power. And we sow the seed of our wickedness near the soul of him that strives with us. And this we do especially when we see that he receives it. And if we see that he really permits us to embrace him, then do we inflame him with fierce lusts and we encompass him like mighty ones and cruel devils. I'm going to stop right here. If you are letting the devil give you any candy, he says the people that allow the seed to be planted, ah, these are the people, that's the end. Young people, youth, as we're playing with fire, you're not playing with mom and dad's rules. You're playing with fire. And the devil says that the one that embraces the seed, 
He says, that's the one that we go after. And we give them the fiercest lusts. We encompass them like mighty ones and cruel devils whom it is exceedingly difficult to defeat. But if he is not willing to receive our seed and will not through his faith in God and the watchfulness of his mind accept the pleasures, the things that which, which are offered to him by us, we dissolve away even as smoke is dissipated in the air. Oh my gosh. He says the people that don't let these things to be planted in their heart, he says you have power to make the devil vanish. Do you guys see? Why we read these desert fathers? Because they tell us the secrets of the enemy. And we have to know. So, when you walk down the hall, I want you to walk like this. <laughs> you have the cross. You know when maybe you were young, you were taught to do the sign of the cross when you're scared. And when you're old, eh, anymore. the cross is the most powerful thing against evil. Carry the cross with you. Do the sign of the cross as you go in and as you come out on your food, on your work, on your door, on your kids, on your bed, on everything. The power of the cross the enemy can never overcome because of the one who died on it. I pray that the life and lessons of this blessed saint would be before us, that we would also want to be fighters. Okay? I know this is a monk and it's a very, very high level, but I just wanted you guys to see the heart of those that are drawing closer to Christ. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.